They say markets work a certain way. They say if you want high returns, you have to accept higher risks. Cox Automotive says, you take the upside, we'll take the risk. Introducing Upside by Cox Automotive, the all-new way to wholesale that turns that old wisdom upside down. Visit TakeTheUpside.com to learn more. Welcome to Daily Drive for Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show, Carvana shares fall off a cliff. Dealers in the Ford Blue Advantage program are seeing double-digit gains, and the FBI joins the probe into the cyber attack against Continental. Plus, a conversation with Lucid CEO Peter Rawlinson, who says it's crucial for the EV startup to focus on efficiency. I think it's really important that I have this role of trying to create the narrative as well. We're pushing the narrative towards efficiency. I want to go as far as possible with as small a battery as possible. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. 97%. That's how much Carvana shares have plunged so far this year. And Wall Street analysts say conditions could get even worse for the retail giant. In just the past week, at least three analysts have downgraded the stock and slashed their targets. They say the combination of weakening economic conditions and the car dealer's heavy debt load could lead to more dire outcomes. Robert W. Baird analyst Colin Sebastian says the firm is lowering its price target from $30 to $7 to reflect a higher likelihood of insolvency by 2024. That's unless Carvana can quickly reduce operating costs or get access to significant liquidity. Carvana shares fell for a fifth day, dropping 3.5% to close at $6.80 on Tuesday. A year ago, the share price was near $300. While nationwide sales of certified pre-owned vehicles are on pace to fall from 2021 levels, dealers who participate in the Ford Blue Advantage program are seeing double-digit gains. Ford says CPO sales for the roughly 1,400 dealers who are part of Blue Advantage were up about 15% year-over-year through October. That's compared with a 12% decrease for CPO sales nationwide. Some retailers are seeing gains as as much as 40%, Such sales have become vital over the past few years as supply chain issues and production cutbacks have made new vehicles harder to come by. The FBI is now involved in an investigation into a recent cyber attack on German automotive supplier Continental. That's according to a person familiar with the matter who spoke with Reuters. The person says German security authorities brought the FBI on board, confirming an earlier report in the German newspaper Handelsblatt. Continental said earlier this month that it was investigating the theft of company data in a cyber attack in August, but declined to comment on media reports that hackers had put the information up for sale. Handelsblatt reported at the time that hackers had published a list of the data on the dark net and that it included budget, investment, and strategy plans, as well as information related to some Continental customers. Continental declined to comment today, and the FBI was not immediately available for comment. Meanwhile, in North America, Continental has promoted Aruna Anand to the CEO of the company's automotive business for the region as it aims to adapt to the changing industry. Anand takes over for Robert Lee, who left the company in May to be president and chief strategy officer for battery maker LG Energy Solutions North America. Anand, who was honored in 2020 as one of the leading women in the auto industry, will oversee Continental's North America Auto Division starting on December 1st. The division includes about 40,000 employees and accounts for 25% of overall business for the global company, which generated around $35 billion in revenue last year. 
And those are today's headlines. Jamie, with Carvana having such a tough year, how do they recover? Is it even possible? <laughs> it's, they're in a tough, tough spot, right? Prices of used vehicles have been falling rapidly for quite a while. So they probably bought a lot of inventory at the highest prices in the history of used vehicles. And now they're falling so fast, it's just hard to get on top of it. So they've got to really tighten up their operations, figure out their cash flow and, and make it through until the market bottoms out and, and levels out a bit. It's, uh, it's not easy. Let's see if they figure it out. Uh, coming up, we'll hear from Lucid CEO Peter Rawlinson. That's next on Daily Drive. Slate Money is a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the world of business and finance. Hosted by Felix Salmon, Elizabeth Spires, and me, Emily Peck. Confused by crypto? Can't keep up with the metaverse? Wondering why the price of just about everything keeps rising? The Slate Money Podcast is here for you. Listen to Slate Money every Saturday morning, wherever you get your podcasts. Some dealers say it's not worth taking a trade they won't retail. They say if it doesn't fit their brand, they'd rather pass. Cox Automotive says now you can easily see the profit in any trade and never risk losing that new customer. Introducing Upside by Cox Automotive, the only way to wholesale that turns that old wisdom upside down. Every vehicle you place in the Upside digital auction is backed by our guaranteed minimum price, so you never risk a loss. And when a vehicle sells for more than our guarantee, you keep the lion's share of the Upside. It's a one-of-a-kind auction that gives you an alternative to accepting wholesale losses, and it's built on the principles of the country's top-performing wholesale sellers, so your vehicles have the best possible chance to get bids and get bought. Dealers taking advantage of Upside's game-changing policies are already saying yes to more trades and making more money, all while never risking a loss. Sound too good to be true? Visit TakeTheUpside.com now to learn more. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. Lucid Group's first vehicle, the Air Sedan, has broken records for EV range and efficiency. CEO Peter Rawlinson says that's by design. He says extracting more miles per battery pack will allow the California-based startup to produce more affordable vehicles in the near future and share its technology advantage with other automakers. Rawlinson joined publisher Casey Crane at the Automotive News Congress in Los Angeles. Here's a piece of their conversation. So um, you and I had a chance to chat a little bit before uh, the event today, and we were talking about, you know, uh, really how the EV landscape is growing at, at a very rapid pace. Um, when you think about the way Lucid's going to compete with the other maybe more established automakers, you know, ex explain that. How do you, how do you see uh, Lucid in the market? Well, well first of all, we, we have to uh, create a brand, but I believe that product defines brand. Great product defines brand. Uh, about 12 years ago, I was, at, I was at Tesla and everyone told me the words of wisdom were we couldn't compete with BMW because Tesla didn't have a brand. How times have changed. Great product defined Tesla as a brand. And so Lucid Air will define, and Gravity will define um, Lucid as a brand. Uh, and I believe we need to create technological tour de force to create that impact. And the only way to achieve that is with deep in-house technology, vertically integrated, uh, attracting the best engineering brains in the world. And really what we've done with Lucid Air is unusual. We've turned the, the, the whole design of a car into a science project. Most cars are developmental projects from established operations which create an iteration of what they've done before. 
Lucidaire was a ground-up laws of physics science project uh, where we looked at the car from a completely uh, first principles perspective. And we, you know, expand on that a little bit because I've heard you say before that you know really you're in a, a technology arms race. We are, and yeah. some might say you were undercapitalized to be able to compete. Mm -hmm. But how do you guys see yourselves, you know, being able to be that competitive? So, so history is is littered with examples where it doesn't matter how much money you throw at something, uh, there's no guarantee of success. You need enough money to be able to execute your vision, mm. but um, you know. When we, when we embarked upon creating Lucid and Lucid Air, we did so with a very clear vision for a product, which is very differentiated. And I, I'm not here, never have been, just to do EVs. Lucid is not, it's really important that everyone understands this. Lucid's mission is not just to do EVs and jump on this EV bandwagon. Our mission is to advance the state of the art of the possible of the EV. Mm -hmm. And we've done that with ultra high voltage, 924 volt architecture, fastest charging, 300 miles in 21 minutes, the longest range, 520 miles, the most space on the interior for the exterior, uh, the largest frunk in the world, the whole package. And now we've got the most aerodynamic car. Uh, we recently announced this week that we've got a CD of 0.197, which applies right across the range of airs. It's about advancement of the technology. And there's a reason for this, because there were two major obstacles to widespread adoption of EVs. First was range anxiety. Well, I think we've dispelled that with 520 miles. The next one is cost of ownership. And that cost is driven to a great extent by the cost of the battery pack. The, the bill of materials of electric cars dominated by battery costs. You know, a large battery can cost an automaker $20,000, $30,000 to make. That's not cost to customer, that's cost to the automaker. You've got one item on your bill of materials that can cost $30,000. And I think it's really important uh, that I have this role of trying to create the narrative as well. We're pushing the narrative towards efficiency. What do I mean by that? I want to go as far as possible with as small a battery as possible. More miles per battery size. And this is absolutely critical because this is the key to creating a commercial advantage. So first product, we did Dream Edition range 520 miles. We used the, the, our technology to create range in an absolute sense. But the next move on the chessboard, and we're seeing that now with Pure, uh, that we're able to achieve 410 miles range with a much smaller battery pack than anyone else. It's in the low 90s of kilowatt hours. So we've got more range than anyone else with a smaller battery pack. And that means we can actually make the car more affordable, cheaper for us to make, and that gives Lucid a really strong commercial advantage because we can compete apples for apples on range with a smaller battery pack than anyone else. And that is a significant contributor to our potential gross margin. Peter, you're jumping way too far ahead. No, you guys, sorry. I'm the one running this conversation, okay? So, <clears throat>
Talk a little bit more about that because I think for our audience, uh, there isn't a lot of conversation around battery efficiency. Yeah. You know, yeah. cost per or miles per kilowatt yeah, hour. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, explain that again. Smaller battery, um, obviously less cost, more range, but when yeah. you guys talk about efficiency yeah. inside your company, it's a different conversation. It's a, it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and actually, you raise an interesting point, Casey, because I, I mean, there's this, this we, we, we mentioned battery efficiency. And I shouldn't say this because we, we're a battery tech company. Our batteries have powered all the Formula E races for the last four years. And actually now we're going to be in uh, powering the, the we, we're going to be supplying the front drive unit to Formula E uh, for the Gen 3 cars starting next month. But really, it's the efficiency of everything else in the car rather than the battery. The battery is almost like a, it's like a gasoline tank for electrons. Uh, you know, it's a little bit more than that because we have a, a, a high-tech battery management system and, and software. But really, it's the efficiency of our motor, our inverter, our transmission system, uh, the aerodynamics of the car, the whole package. And that's what really, taking this big picture view, that's what's driving the efficiency. And because an electric motor is inherently very efficient, people have dismissed that and thought, oh, well, you can't get much more than... A, than the efficiency of an off-the-shelf motor. But the problem is that that efficiency only applies to a small part of the operating window of that motor. You need to broaden that bandwidth, and that bandwidth exploit that through the operational envelope of the motor car. Is everyone at Lucid as excited about batteries as you are? Uh, I think there's a few even more excited than I am. (laughs) Okay, so we talked about range, but fast-charging EVs. Yeah. Do you see that as, as as important as it once was uh, when you can get range out? Oh, man. Or is well, it just a marketing issue? It's an important facet. I'm from the other side of the, of the world, as you can probably tell from my accent. But I've, I've lived stateside long enough to really sort of tune into this, um, uh, the, the American psyche and this, this mythical road trip that everyone's, everyone's <laughs> taking every two weeks. And I think that's where the fast charging infrastructure does play a role. But I, I think there's almost, a, and we were talking about this earlier, Casey, there's almost a myopia overemphasis upon DC fast charging. 95% of charging is done at home, slow charging, uh, AC charging overnight, and we've got a 19.2 kilowatt uh, Wonderbox AC charger in the car, and that allows for about 70, 75, even 80 miles per hour of charge at home but you have to have somewhere to charge it, and a lot of people don't. Uh, most people who are buying a Lucid Air would have a garage and be able to have that charger installed. But I do think we need to nationally to really more pay more attention to accessibility to AC overnight charging, because that's kind of to the grid as well. Mm-hmm. We were all in, in Paris not long ago uh, over for the motor show, and it was interesting listening to Carlos Tavares talk about the infrastructure in France, no. nuclear energy. They're kind of set up in an appropriate way. The rest of Europe, not so much, but France, he said, as a, as a micro market. When you look at the U.S. and you think about grid efficiency, mm. uh, there's a lot of conversation about, you know, what are we going to do? 120 new models come on. The grid's going to collapse. Yeah. Uh, you don't feel the same way. Well, I, I think we can take things in baby steps. I don't think suddenly, however beguiling... EVs are, how much recognition they are that they're fundamentally superior proposition to their gasoline counterpart, we're not going to suddenly go from zero to 100% overnight. This is going to be a transition which is going to take several years. But I think we can do some simple math here, looking at grid 
robustness. You know, if the average person maybe travels not 30 miles a day, I mean, maybe a family of four will do 120 miles, but that's in one vehicle per person, say about 30 miles in a day. And this is where efficiency comes in again, because with a lucid air, we can get up to 4.6 miles per kilowatt hour. So, you know, even if you don't use the full 4.6, you can do 30 miles with about seven kilowatt hours of energy. And if you really distribute that over a full 24 hours, you know, it really works out of like 300 watts you're burning. It's just a few light bulbs. Uh, well, old-fashioned light bulbs. So I, I don't think we should get so concerned about this. I think that the adoption needs to, will take place gradually, uh, but more rapidly, acceleration path, and, and the grid will have to catch up. But we've got two-way charging as well with our Wunderbox. So we can actually give back to the grid to help balance the grid. And this is something that I really want to do with local energy suppliers here in California to show how we can help the grid in times of great draw, that we can use this capacity, this latent capacity of energy stored in the car that can donate back to the grid and, and reduce uh, the draw on the grid, help its robustness and uh, mitigate the risk of outages. Lucid CEO Peter Rawlinson spoke with publisher Casey Crane at the Automotive News Congress in LA. If you missed the event, you can still get on-demand access under the Events and Awards tab on our homepage at autonews.com. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer and reporters Michael Martinez and Lonnie Iliff of Automotive News and Kurt Nagel from Crane's Detroit Business for their help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on electrification, industry stocks, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. We'll be off for the rest of the week for the Thanksgiving holiday here in the U.S. Come back on Monday for a conversation with John Bazella, president and CEO of the Alliance for Automotive Innovation, about how the Inflation Reduction Act's EV tax credits are taking shape. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.